Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Welcome to The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by two guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm your host, Adam Pranica. I'm your other host, Ben Harrison. Ben, what episode is this in the entire run? This is episode 60. Oh, God. 60 episodes down. You look back at your life and you see 60 of these episodes. What does it mean? What have we done? I think the great thing is that that we haven't made any mistakes on any episodes. Nothing. 100% success rate. Nothing we regret, nothing we wish we could have done differently. It's been a good run. Well, this is also the last episode, am I right? We have a very special announcement to make. Yeah, we'll just hang it up after this. The final episode of The Greatest Generation. <laughs> I think that would really break some hearts. We just decided... To hang it up very abruptly. It's like quitting singing Amazing Grace right in the middle of it. I'm just like, no! It would be exactly like that, Ben. Yeah. You know who would be angry? Who? It's America's radio sweetheart, Jesse Thorne. Yeah. <laughs> Owner-operator of the Maximum Fun Network. Yeah. I don't, I've never seen him angry. Would that anger him? Uh, yeah, I've seen him angry. Oh, no. Not a man I would ever want to have mad at me so i suppose we should probably finish finish doing the show yeah guess so how hard is that not quite so hard as it was for you to get through this episode right ben see that's a world-class transition yeah world-class pivot to show (laughs) i stuck the landing yeah this is becoming a speech I feel like uh, I would have compared that to Mission Log, but I feel like we, we've pulled ahead in the train, at least in the Segway department. I feel like we're the, the leader in the clubhouse, right? You know, someone wrote in to our drunkshimoda at gmail.com email address and said, is it okay for me to go out and make fun of other Star Trek podcasts on your behalf <laughs> that I think are doing a bad job compared to you? He actually, he or she actually wrote in and was like, do I have your permission? To, to and, troll people? <laughs> yeah. And I actually told them no. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I have a great amount of respect for anyone who would humiliate themselves in the way that we have for 60 yeah. episodes. First of all, there, there was a time early on when I would have wanted to hold all the other podcasts underwater until the bubble stopped. <laughs> But that was the jealousy of uh, of an insecure podcast that didn't have a ton of listeners, yeah. and not that we have a ton now, but we have uh, we have an audience, and that's what we really wanted. Is it what we really wanted, Ben? Well, I think that we weren't being honest with ourselves. Yeah, I think I think it wasn't what we consciously wanted, but I think unconsciously. Yeah, we really obliterated our segue, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we took a we took a great pivot and just destroyed it. That's it. We don't even need that segue. <laughs> this is becoming a speech. You're the captain, sir. You're entitled. Hmm. I'm entitled to ramble on about something everyone knows. Let's talk about uh, season three, episode thirteen, Deja Q. The Enterprise is uh, in orbit of Braille Four, uh, another planet with four in the name. It's a planet with a lot of, uh, like, the mountains come in dots and slashes. Yeah. <laughs> little little groupings of dots. Yeah. The um, That's a little Braille reference, Ben. Yeah. 
I was going to try and move past it. It's how people with compromised sight are able to read. Right. And I'm not sure if you knew this. Uh, well, speaking of compromised sight, there's an <laughs> asteroid that's going to crash into this planet. That's a uh, that's like an uh, episode three level greatest gen transition right there. <laughs> so uh, uh, an asteroid's about to crash into Brielle Four, and Brielle Four assembles a group of oil rig drillers, the best of their world. You got Bruce Willis, you got Ben Affleck, you got you got a cantankerous Keith David <laughs> who's, who's dropping quips. The fate of the planet is in the hands of a bunch of retards I wouldn't trust with a potato gun. Oh, it's fun with Keith David around. Oh, yeah. Do we have to actually talk about this episode or can we just keep <laughs> bullshitting like idiots for the rest of the time? I know it's pretty, baby, but I didn't take it out for air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that our first Requiem for a Dream reference on our pod? Uh, impossible to say for sure, but yeah. it might be. Their moon is like gone out of whack and is going to crash into their planet. Its orbit is at its perigee is low enough that it's dragging atmosphere, which uh, provides friction, which is causing the moon to slow down, which for anybody that has read a sentence or two on orbital mechanics knows is a bad thing, and uh, this actually that checks I, out. Have you read uh, the the uh, Neil Stevenson book? Uh, I think it's called Seven Eves. Which pronou- I'm not sure exactly how you're supposed to pronounce it, but I think it's Seven Eves. Uh, I have not. No. It's his most recent novel, as of this recording, that I'm aware of, and uh, it's literally about the moon breaking up in orbit over the Earth, and they have like, you know, two years or something to figure out a way to preserve humanity and it's like a like the history of that and then checks back in thousands of years later to like see what happened to the survivors it's a really awesome book that sounds um, like fun the premise is like this episode exactly though it's why don't you mail me that book like without a note or anything just sort of like a threat that's how we send each other packages right i would i i bought it on uh on ipad so that's fine you can just send the ipad okay oh okay yeah sure sure that's um, convenient <laughs> uh, i'm sure one of our listeners will anonymously mail it to you don't worry um oh. did i say listeners i meant viewers i'm sorry please so the moon is coming out of orbit and the Enterprise is going to try and this do This podcast some... is a mess. <laughs> it's a disaster. <laughs> Every part of this podcast is coming apart at the rails. You look at this podcast and it's garbage. Just a pile of crap garbage. Criminal element on this podcast, let me tell you. <laughs> Believe me, if, if the media wasn't so corrupt, this would be... <laughs> A much better podcast, but the media has been very unfair to me. They've spun everything I've said out and made it seem much worse than it actually is. Oh, yeah. I'm not even sure who that Trump character is supposed to be at this point. Like all of our impressions, they're getting worse by the episode. <laughs> so uh, what they're trying to do is tractor beam this, this hunk of rock that's going to kill all these people. To put some to put some more spin on it, so that it'll stay in a stable orbit and not crush the planet. And they're trying this and failing at it. When who should show up but Q? Nude Q. Red alert. 
gotta think that uh, that if you can design the corporeal body that you inhabit, you'd probably give yourself a great big dick, right, Ben? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he did seem to have some amount of agency in what he wound up being when he was ejected by the continuum. Look, I don't want to get all mission log about this scene because we don't typically do that, but I did read some show notes about it. Yeah. And uh, John Delancey performed this scene naked because they couldn't fashion a cover-up that would that would work on camera. Really? Yeah. How? Why couldn't they? They can fashion it for everything else. Maybe he's just uh, so hung that they like none of the standard skin color banana <laughs> hammocks that they usually use would work. Yeah, the triple XL Merkin uh, <laughs> wasn't wasn't gonna do it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so so he uh, so he walked to set, opened the robe, and uh, yeah. there he was. <laughs> Let it pile up on the floor by his feet. Does that make you like John Delancey more? There's a lot about this episode that makes me like John Delancey more. Yes. I think he brings a tour de force uh, when with his performance in this episode. Most deaf. So so he's hovering above uh, above the floor naked and then drops to the ground. And uh, he quickly explains that he's been banished from the continuum. And right. he's asking Picard for asylum. Yeah, his higher-ups have said that he's too much of a troublemaker, the trickster god that he is. Everyone, everyone believes that is pretty viable. Yeah, but Picard has no rope to even be at the end of when it comes to Q. So, like, he's just like, I don't... I don't care about anything that's happening in your life, Q. Why are you here? Go away. And also, they're in the middle of sort of a really important miss- mission with a lot of lives at stake. Yeah, there's like literally billions that could die if if Q distracts them to the point of not completing their mission. It's like when you're at work and like the boss brings his kid by to sell Girl Scout cookies and you're like in the middle of a really important task. Yeah. Like, God damn it. I just need to keep working. <laughs> yeah. I'll buy the Samoas later. Yeah. And then and then the Girl Scout's gone, and you're like, fuck, I, don't, I didn't get any cookies ordered. It's not like I know Girl Scouts. That was my one opportunity. I'm not going to go out and try and meet Girl Scouts. Who does that? They get Q. They put him in in some clothes and this is like it's like half a lampshade shy of being a Ferengi uniform yeah he's like that's he's, fair he's rocking a lot of knuck and it's like all of the cut to it is Ferengi like and they they basically just have Worf like walk him down to uh to the brig yeah Worf perp walks him and it just enjoys the hell out of it yeah it's great Q, uh, Q zinged Worf uh, when he showed up with, with a line that really made me laugh out loud, which was, Eat any good books lately? <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. <laughs> more and more, I feel like Worf is like the Larry David figure of the show. <laughs> like, he is totally Worf in Curbed Your Enthusiasm. He He's constantly failing. He's constantly mm-hmm. getting into... Uh, misunderstandings with people. Yeah, people are are ridiculing him left and right. It really shades his character for me when I when I see him on screen and I just hear the tuba music. <laughs> yeah, and he's always walking around with those big ridiculous white shoes. Yeah, 
he's, he's driving the Prius to work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Worf is always like trying to clear his throat because he's got a pube in there in the back of his mouth. Oh, man. Oh, that uh, the Palestinian chicken that the replicator makes is delicious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do they do to that chicken? It's so good. <laughs> oh, man. This episode is a disaster. Worf, Worf goes back to his quarters and J.B. Smoove is there with his whole family. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just talk about things that we like instead of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but they... they Basically, get confirmed that Q is in fact human, and um, Q convinces Picard to let him like work with the the geek team on trying to solve this giant crashing rock problem. Because while Q is not like a trained Starfleet officer, he he does come from a an interesting vantage point, which is that he has had a a deeply perfect understanding of physics in the past like like the first the first suggestion he throws out to them is like oh like if we're gonna move a big rock why don't we just change the gravitational constant of the universe they're like oh what a good idea q why didn't we think of that yeah it's easy when you're a god yeah but it does give Jordy a good idea to do something with the warp uh field and uh and so they're off to the races like they've got like a they've got a better plan and so like they're they're getting some some work done, but Q is really like is really not taking to his humanness well. Like he like pulls something in his back and has to have the doctor come down and uh, do an adjustment on him. I wouldn't have figured Doctor Crusher for like a chiropractic type. You mean a fake doctor? <laughs> yeah, she totally straightens him out. Yeah. Uh, and oh, then... we just lost thirty listeners there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, there's some really fun character development here as Q uh, acclimates himself to being a human being. Yeah, he's like getting used to the idea of eating, getting used to the idea of pooing, getting used to the idea of sleep. At one point when he's in the brig, like a like a glowing beach ball like slips into the ship and hovers over him. And uh, that's that goes unexplained for the time being. But uh they're they're working hard in engineering and he tells data like hey like there's something wrong with me and they work out that perhaps he's hungry so they go to 10 forward yeah it's weird that they stick data on him like who's who's the one person on the crew that can tell q what it's like to be human yeah data (laughs) yeah i mean i think they probably put data on him because data is not gonna be like quite as agitated by q because q's fucking annoying oh i don't think so i mean he's actively annoying everybody around him so data's a little bit more immune to that it's like a type of radiation that data can handle and the rest (laughs) of the crew can't (laughs) yeah well put there in 10 forward q uh puts in an order for 10 chocolate sundaes based on data explaining that when counselor troy is sad she orders a chocolate sundae <laughs> hey ben how do you write for women characters <laughs> i think of a man and i take away reason and accountability you give them food fixations right yeah you don't want them to have much dimensionality to them you know no no yeah, keep yeah. it simple yeah 
Well, you have to, what you have to realize is that women will be playing these characters and their feeble minds just can't handle <laughs> any kind of nuance or subtlety. Right. It is a guiding principle of a dark leading base. Have you can't find it within yourself to stand up and tell the truth, you don't deserve to wear that uniform. So they're there in 10 forward and this, this cloud of gas shows up at the planet. And uh, another glowing beach ball comes right through the uh, front window there and envelops Q in like a, an energy field. And he's clearly in a lot of pain because he's trying to brush it off of his legs like, uh, like mud that got splattered on him. Electrical mud. <laughs> yeah, or like, or like he's got ants in his pants kind, of, kind yeah. of a deal. And Data keeps like trying to reach in and grab him, but getting shocked and pulling his hands back. And it's the first time in a long time that we've seen Data like shy away from an opportunity to have one of his arms blown off by an electrical <laughs> pulse. Yeah, but at the same time he he rushes in there. Yeah. Like, he doesn't just stand back and watch. Yeah. So maybe he's just getting he's 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 buddying up to this this uh phenomenon. Jordy winds up figuring out a way to modulate the shields to prevent this attack. And uh as they're recovering they're getting ready for the moon to be at its perigee when they're going to try this new gambit that they uh, worked out with Q's help. And at the same time, Q is explaining to them that this cloud is a intelligent species called the Calamarane, and they're like pissed at him for queuing around at them. And they finally have an opportunity to exact sweet, sweet revenge. You know, the calamarine uh, is my favorite appetizer to order mm. when I go out for apps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice, uh, like a, a nice aioli, a glass of rosé, squeeze the lemon on them before you tuck into them. Doesn't that sound nice? Something so simple and joyful about that. I mean, I'd never get electrocuted by a plate of those, right? No. Pretty safe to eat, I'd say. Unless they're made of secret pig buttholes. No. Do you know about that? No. There's a whole. I think it's a This American Life. Oh, Ben, uh, don't. Episode. I don't. I don't want to know. Is that really the truth? Well, it's 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 unclear, but there is definitely. Is that why I can't stop eating them? There's a good reason to believe that sometimes when you order calamari, it's actually secretly pig buttholes that have been sold as calamari by like uh, unscrupulous seafood vendors <laughs> i am mortified at the thought well they 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 go so far as to test it on the show where they like make some pig buttholes the way you would make calamari and uh they're like yeah it tastes just like calamari <laughs> whoa <laughs> i uh i sort of stopped eating i stopped eating squid and uh and calamari because uh, something changed in me. I, I determined that they are, they are smart creatures mm-hmm. of a higher intelligence. Yeah. Uh, but it sounds like I can keep eating pig butt, so that's good. Well, pig, pigs are pretty smart themselves. But <laughs> oh, no. I have yeah. to stop eating pig butt now, too? Yeah. Sorry, dude. Oh, man. What am I going to dip in that aioli? My, my, my love is a pig butt longing tail for that which longer nurses the so the the rock is getting close to the surface of the planet, and uh, they're like, "Well, we got to drop the shields so that we can do this warp field and trans- and uh, and tractor beam shit." 
but these calamarine are going to attack us when we do. So I guess we're just going to have to run the risk. So they, they do it and they're getting some positive results. Like Q comes down to engineering and, and Jordy like puts him on a task and Q's completely baffled by the idea of being within a command structure, which doesn't make a lot of sense given the fact that his superiors in the continuum have just kicked his ass out. Like, he should know what it's like to be bossed around, but he acts like it's a total new one on him. Beverly Crusher feels the same way. She doesn't like acting within a command structure either. (laughs) Yeah. There are a lot of like that way. She's not bucking the system quite as much in this episode, though. Yeah. Um... They uh, they get they get the rock pushed a little bit, but not uh, not enough to get it out of harm's way, and uh, and the calamarines start attacking, and this is when they get that beach ball into the engineering section. It envelops Q. Data like tries to break him out and gets shocked and like knocked down on the floor. Brent Spiner always does a great job with these where, like, he goes stiff in, like, a standing position and, like, falls flat on the floor. With his arms sticking out, Frankenstein-y. That shit's got to hurt, right? Yeah. Yeah, that Um, doesn't look comfortable. He he really commits to it, though. Data forgets that thing that if uh, if you see someone electrocuted, you got to grab something wooden like oh, a, yeah like a rake or something and and uh and <laughs> and poke the guy away from the electrical charge he doesn't do that yeah wouldn't like a rake that was where my mind went yeah so stupid so they're down in the six bay with data's <laughs> head all all uh you know like they took the uh the engine block out of his head and they have it set on the table next to him and uh Jordy's going to town on him with a socket wrench and Q is like is being super selfish here. He's like, God, that fucking hurt. They're like, Hey, Data just saved your life, okay? Show some fucking respect. And uh, then he's sort of like, it, this takes him through a little journey. Like he's really baffled by the fact that Data did save his life. He's like, Why? Why would he have done that? I wouldn't do that for anybody. And that that introspection leads him to recognize that he is a coward and. He doesn't, uh, when he looks at that man in the mirror, he doesn't like what he sees. And uh, he appears powerless to change his ways. <laughs> He's looking to make that change. <laughs> this is the stupidest episode. <laughs> I think we have cratered. I think, I think the moon has crashed into our show. <laughs> so Q decides that, uh, that he can't go on living this way decides that uh maybe suicide's the only answer so he jakes a shuttlecraft the ship really needs to get better launch clearance procedures in place you can apparently just get in a shuttlecraft and fly out without clearing it with anybody it's like the shuttle bay is a valet stand and all the keys are just out (laughs) and unlocked (laughs) take any shuttle you want yeah they didn't show that scene where peewee pulled in the shuttlecraft and pulled out a 78 foot long chain and wrapped it around a <laughs> animatronic clown yeah so q's out there in a previa not a is he in a bunk bed or is he in a previa he's in a previa good choice i respect you for that and uh and so picard is like 
fuck, I kind of hate to have to do this, but that's actually a really nice Previa. So <laughs> let's let's beam it back on, on board the ship. Really and, low miles. Yeah. <laughs> Not a dent on her. Yeah, the paint job is pretty immaculate. Like, none of the kids have barfed in the back yet. Yeah. It's, it's in good shape, you know, good resale value on that Prev. So they uh, they try to beam it back and uh, no worky. And uh, we cut to the inside of the Previa and a second Q, like, helps himself aboard. Q! And he's wearing the same dumb Ferengi costume that, that Q Prime is wearing. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Corbin Burnson. <laughs> Should we call this guy Malibu Q? Absolutely. I think he's Malibu Q. He is Malibu Q. And he's like, he admits that he is the Q that recommended Q Prime for discommendation. And uh, the fact that Q Prime has done this selfless act where he's going to sacrifice himself to the Calamarine to allow the Enterprise to save all these people on the planet below uh, is seen as, as sufficiently redemptive to uh, mean that Q can, Q can have his powers back. And uh, this is a big, big victory for him. So he reappears on the bridge of the Enterprise in full uh, mariachi regalia. Full family Mexican restaurant entertainment regalia. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he, like, he, like, snaps his fingers and everybody gets a cigar. And uh, he's, trying to, he's trying to make a big party of it. And Picard is, like, not having much of it. So... He snaps a couple of babes around Riker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Riker's like, I don't need your fantasy women. Oh, you're so stolid. You weren't like that before the beard. I got my juices out with some of those weird-looking aliens on the planet below. I told you I'm not into submissives. Yeah, I'm, and I'm in my refractory period, so I'm not even going to bend the rules. <laughs> so so those babes get get beamed over to Worf, and you know, Worf is married to Kalar in his mind, so he's he's also sure. not into it. And uh, and he also uh, grabs the calamari and and sticks them in his hand and oh yeah he like blows them away like a little little puff of smoke, which uh, was a good effect I thought yeah we should say like the effect on this on this electrical cloud looks great all of the shots of the ship and the planet and the and the moon all of that stuff looked awesome in this episode. Which only serves to underscore how terrible these Brielle aliens are. <laughs> like, they didn't even try to cook the meatloaf. No, yeah. For these poor people. Yeah. That is, uh, they troweled on raw veal right onto their faces. <laughs> yeah. Uncooked turkey sausage. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of breadcrumbs, a little bit of sage, a little bit of oregano. Yeah. No one likes a turkey loaf. No. Nor do they like their uh, their hooded sweatshirt costumes. Tarmok, Angelad, and Boy, do I love a microdose gummy from Lumi Labs. I'm uh, I'm running low, so I'm gonna head over to microdose.com pretty soon and put in another order. Microdosing is a technique I use to steer my mentals in a preferred direction several times a week. And uh, I just love it because you can really predict what is going to happen and to what degree it is going to happen because these are very low-dose cannabis gummies that uh, give you an entry-level dose that help you feel just the right amount of good. 
And they've been super loyal as sponsors to Greatest Trek and Greatest Gen, so I hope you will give them a try. Get 30% off your first order, plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Promo code SCARVS. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com. Promo code is SCARVS for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com. Promo code SCARVS. You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before, and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name, and not a giant social media company's name, with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24 by 7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it with Squarespace. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Q gets the idea that he's not uh, he's not welcome anymore on the ship. And with a way to leave, now that he has his Q powers back, he... Uh, he decides to show his gratitude to the crew by fixing their moon problem. Yeah. Moon problem solved. And, uh, and he uh, says, Data, since you, since you were kind enough to show me around and you know, show me how to use the bathroom and everything, I, uh, I'm going to leave you with a little pardon gift. And Data gets concerned for a second that he's going to turn him human, which... Uh, you know, Data wants to get there on his own, and he's like, "No, no, no, no! It's uh, it's much, much more elegant than that." And so, Q snaps his fingers and disappears, and Data 
bursts out laughing. That's a genuinely funny scene where Data doesn't doesn't know why he's laughing or what about, but he's like really genuinely laughing. This is like this is Brent Spiner at his best. Capital A. Amazing. Yeah. There's a physicality to Brent Spiner's acting that you know, you wouldn't think that he'd have much of an opportunity to to go there as a robot person. Yeah. But but all these little subtle details like the uh the passing out with his arms outstretched the massive vaudevillian laughter that he emotes like he does a great job yeah it's again like this is another example where it could be really cheesy like he plays it so big and broad that it should be but i don't know somehow somehow he sold it yeah did you like this episode ben Yeah, I think I know the answer to that. I love this episode. I like John Delancey, and I like his performance so much, and I just feel like I You wish... like his great big dick, don't you? Yeah. I mean, you could tell when, when he's rocking that nuck that he's got, he's, he's got the honker that Q would give a human male if he had to inhabit that body. More like J, am I right? <laughs> Capital J. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's how I feel. <laughs> All right. I think we know your feelings on the character. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Need a supplemental income. Supplemental income? Supplemental. Supplemental. Yeah, it's extra. By the interest alone could be enough to buy this ship. Our first priority one message comes from Brian McRae for his brother Paul. Oh. That's pretty nice, right? To my big brother, you'll always be my drunk Shimoda. <laughs> Sounds like somebody had a uh, brother pulling Isolinia ships out of his uh, out of his childhood the whole time. Oh, jeez. I think we can I think we can tell from the message which one's the younger brother and which one's the older. I find that the younger brother is typically the drunk Shimoda, right? Now, well, this guy's saying the big brother's the drunk Shimoda. Oh man, how does that happen? Yeah. Well, maybe maybe it's like uh, he's projecting Shimoda. <laughs> I guess. What do you say we uh, sing our signature drunk Shimoda song for uh, for Paul as a celebration of uh, this Jumbotron message? Okay. What song is that, Ben? Happy birthday! <laughs> is it a birthday? Who knows? <laughs> well, Paul, uh, hopefully it's your birthday. <laughs> if not, uh, I'm, I apologize, save, Brian. S- save this for your birthday and listen to it again. Yeah. Then you get like like twice as uh, as much Shimoda for your money. Oh, boy. Thank you for supporting the show, guys, and thank you for listening. Our next Priority One message is to Brad and Sam from Adam. And I don't remember sending this in. Pretty sure this isn't me, Ben. It's a different Adam. <laughs> this is going to require a bit of translation. Ben, yeah. uh, for our listeners' benefit, I will be reading the English version. <laughs> and without giving you any lead time at all, you will be my Klingon translator. Are you ready? Okay. Uh... Let's begin. The first line of the message is, Brad, your cat Ella is the devil. Brad Ella Vilgro Velquark. Sam, Wisconsin cheese curds look and taste like gach. Lechmun 
Rurikach Num Wulb Noch Wisconsin Curds. I hope Riker does to your moms what Picard does to the boy. Oh no. Nukta e Picard Hod Lod Homta Moms Riker e Vutul. Love Adam. Bang Adam. <laughs> I love that love is bang and Klingon. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, I hope my pronunciation hope- was okay. I, I'm not sure if I, any of you guys are native speakers. Uh, I'm terribly embarrassed that I I, uh, I skipped a lot of Klingon class in high school, so my pronunciation has always left a little bit to be desired. I really did a bad thing to you, Ben. I'm sorry. <laughs> ben? Probably a lot of targets here. A lot of soft targets. That's <laughs> what you for, call a target-rich environment. For your Shimoda gun. Uh, <laughs> who is your drunk Shimoda? Drunk Shimoda! I'm going to go with the Briel scientists that they're in contact with. They seem to be there only to do FaceTime. Like, there's a lot of people running around in the background doing science, theoretically. But, uh... The Enterprise is the only game in town. Like, the they're not actually doing anything there, you know? Yeah, why don't you help your own cause? Th- they say they're evacuating people from the coasts, but it's like, guys, like, can you can you put a rocket in orbit or something? Like, do you have any oil drillers? Yeah, get get Bruce Willis, get Liv Tyler. Get Keith David. Get Steve Buscemi, goddammit. Yeah, agreed. Seem kind of helpless. Is this a violation of the Prime Directive, also? No, it Why seems Why don't you like, let nature take its course? Well, it's like a planet that they're, they're already in contact with. Presumably yeah. this is a post-warp species. But I don't know, like, what about the last planet where they're doing all the terrorism? I don't know. They just sort of pick their moments, don't they? Yeah, the Prime Directive uh, doesn't always apply. Ben, 90s television star Corbin Burnson is on this episode, and he chose to be uncredited. I don't know why. He's a massive star in the 90s, in the early (laughs) 90s especially. Uh, I imagine he wouldn't be there unless he was a big fan. He's my Shimoda for choosing to become uncredited for his really great performance as Malibu Q. Like, this is something to be proud of. I don't get it. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was well played. Like he played it. He 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 played it as QE as John Delancey did, which uh, I don't think is necessarily easy. Those are necessarily easy shoes to fill. Yeah, I think most of the time we choose a Shimoda based on if they're having the most fun or or doing something zany and wacky. And I mm-hmm. guess uh, Malibu Q would fit that description. Uh, due to his actions but i'm gonna actually give it to the actor just right. for that decision as mm-hmm. making a decision i don't understand I am cute as a ball. There are ball what is coming up for our next episode ben our next episode is season three episode 14 a matter of perspective Riker is suspected of murdering a respected scientist who had accused the enterprise officer of seducing his wife this is gonna happen all the time right yeah it's not just an accusation, though. Like, Riker seduced this guy's wife as he seduces everyone's wife. Right. That's 
That's what wives get done to them. So this is the episode where Riker is executed for being a a (laughs) homewrecker? That's how I remember it. Yeah, you're probably right. Hmm. Gotta see it. Yep. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? People can support our show or, based on listening to this episode, retract support for our show. (laughs) Withdraw funding from our show by going to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Yeah, please don't withdraw support, though. We are professional podcasters now, which means we can't we can't participate in the podcast Olympics. Right. Yeah. We're uh, unless unless we uh, are like podcast NBA, and then for some reason we can, right? Yeah, I think that's how it works. I don't. I don't get it. Um, it's an honor to be listener supported show. Uh, we make this for you guys, and when you guys uh, respond with financial support it really makes it feel worth it it also keeps us relatively ad free too uh, right which i think is appreciated by most people right and and like i don't think that we can promise to be a hundred percent ad free but uh, sure. we we are not going to go the way of so many of the big name podcasts that are like almost all ads now like i feel like so much of the time i am hitting that skip 30 button these yeah. days on some of the bigger shows and I'm like unsubscribing from shows because they're getting so larded down with fucking ads for you know financial services I would love to tell our listeners about Casper mattresses I just don't have a way to do it at this point <laughs> yeah uh, it's a real but, shame but we but we appreciate the support certainly do that helps helps the show uh, in in many ways that you can't even imagine uh, you can also talk about the show online. Uh, we use the hashtag GreatestGen on Twitter, as do many of our listeners. Um, you can you can sing the Drunk Shimoda song at your local karaoke night. Oh, my God. If that becomes a thing, I'll die a happy man. <laughs> yeah. If you do it, you have to send proof. You can't just email us and say that you've done it. Yeah. I, I am still riding high off the... Uh, off the karaoke video it's so great yeah it's one of the best you can follow adam at cut for time or me at benjamin r a h r uh you can also go to facebook or reddit we've got subreddits we've got faces books um we've got we've got the whole social media game unlock we should thank dark materia for our music and uh, the best music (laughs) really Really just the greatest music there is for a Star Trek podcast. Elevates the whole game. So classy. Everything about it provides glitz, glamour, Hollywood pizzazz. Amazing. We'll see you next week, Ben. On another great episode. Another great episode of The Greatest Generation. And a very seductive episode of The Greatest Generation. Incredible. Sad. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.